HealthWise. This is Thomas Coyer from the HealthWise Report at healthwise.org, and this is the 19th webisode of our audio show thingy. Right, Sarah? Yeah, and this is Sarah Kane. Welcome to the show. Yeah. You like it when I say webisode, don't you, Sarah? It just sounds so high-tech and classy, doesn't it? Not exactly. <laughs> anyway, people, I'm so... Sarah, that's your cue. What the heck are we going to talk about? I think you wanted to leave this one off, didn't you, Thomas? Well, I do believe our first topic was going to be trust no one, right? Yeah. Trust no one is an important topic to be covered in this day and age, in this sad state of affairs. Anyway, do you need to sneeze, Sarah? I've been you getting this like you're going urge to for like the past like hour, and I tried to blow my nose and do other stuff, yet it won't go away. Just won't go away. I know what you need, Sarah. Oh, you need one of those irrigation systems. What are those things called? The neti pot. The neti pot. Yeah, that's what you need. Because that would make it all better. It's kind of funny. We got, I don't know if you guys know what a neti pot is, but it's like this little teeny mini teapot thing that you put cold water and what, what do they put in these things? The herbal solution sometimes? Sometimes, yeah. I think usually it's salt water though, right? Mostly yeah. it's just salt water they put in. And they like do this thing where they hold their breath and put it in one nostril and turn it up so that it like comes out the other nostril. Basically, it's self-waterboarding is what it is. Do you believe WebMD talked about that and actually was promoting it? Well, are you like surprised? I mean, it does fit, you know, the pattern. Yes. Anything that doesn't work that makes us look really stupid, they they promote. This is alternative medicine for you. This is alternative medicine, yeah. (laughs) It's us or that. Yeah, well. Of course, it's also being promoted by Whole Foods, and at this point, I have to actually wonder, is Whole Foods employed by the FDA? Are they like a division? Because, you know, they do some good stuff. We go there ourselves when we're looking for hard-to-find items, you know, and supplements, but we're probably going to get into Whole Foods later, aren't we, again? I have that feeling. Oh. But anyway, neti pots are like self-waterboarding. It was kind of funny. We had this person come online to one of our articles and say, hey, um, you guys are wrong. We get so many of those from the experts, don't we? Yeah, from the gurus. Yeah. There's so many gurus out there, yeah. Well, you guys are wrong about you know treating whatever it was, nose, throat, ear, or something. What you need was an Eddie pot because this woman 
used a neti pot on her small child, and then immediately her small child was all better. Said, "No problems, mom. It's perfect. We, you know, we don't need to do that again. It's, it's fine now." <laughs> yes, yeah, instant. Yes, yeah, she didn't make the connection because nothing is instant. Yeah, nothing is instant. And if you're like treating a child with a, a nose infection or sinus sinus type infection, and you give them something and they're they're healed instantly, there's something fishy about that. We thought about it and we realized, as one of our other commenters realized and posted, which was kind of funny, that you know whenever you waterboard a child, the child will stop complaining, right? Yes, they won't complain anymore about that sinus problem. No, they'll they'll never mention it again. No, and the fact they won't probably mention other it happening in the future either. No, no, that child will never have a sinus issue Ever. again. Yeah. Yes. At least as far as you know, mom is concerned, because mom won't hear about it. Yes. Mom may hear it in the sniffing, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's insane, isn't it? I mean, really. Yeah. The, the whole nitty pot thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm, I digress. We wanted to start the show off with the topic of trust no one, and the reason for that is because we actually bothered to take the time to listen to some of our competition. Yeah, well, I don't was... know if competition is the right word. Peers, perhaps. Perhaps. But we, we don't. We don't usually use that term. That. It's from listening to other people. We we sort of got into the habit of using that term too, but it's not really how we think of people. We're not, you know, competing with someone trying to beat them down, you know, defeat them. And well, it's like this: we're listening to different health radio shows. Peers, yeah, it's, it's a better way to put it, isn't it? Yeah, to try and kind of see what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and how we could improve our own show. Yeah, yeah and what it they've was, learned to do, what they. It was states. really disappointing what we found. It was very disappointing, and of course leads us back to the conclusion of trust no one. Let's face it, our community is not much more trustworthy than our, um, what would you say, adversaries? On the bright side, in our community, when bad medicine is being pushed, when it's being practiced, it doesn't usually kill people. Okay, we've got that going for us. I mean, we may not help people in many cases. When I say we, we're talking about our community, our greater community, but at least we're not killing them. In fact, there's there's an old joke about... The allopathic doctors, um, in the case of allopathic medicine, the medicine kills the patient. But in alternative medicine, it's the disease that kills the patient. Which would you prefer, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the disease deaths are more less horrific, aren't they? Generally they, like, speaking, like yes. Like radiation poisoning and yeah. stuff like that. What was it? We had Sugar Woman, didn't we, uh, on one of these shows. Do you remember which one it was? Um, I'm not sure which show that actually was on, but I, I will mm-hmm. tell you about it. See, there was this PhD woman at, teaching at a major university, and she mm-hmm. was on one of these health Teaching shows. medicine. Yes. Right. I think sports medicine, something like that. But any, in any case, mm-hmm. she was on one of these shows, and she was talking about how the problem with our society is that nobody's getting enough nutrition because no one's eating their fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what we should do is we should coat our fruits and vegetables in sugars. Mm-hmm. What kind of sugars? She specifically cited um, the regular white refined sugar, high fructose corn syrup, and artificial sweeteners. Even uh, aspartame, Splenda, all that? Just whatever you have to do to get that nutrition. You see, that, this was her logic, mm-hmm. okay? And that if you just could get those nutrients from, from those vegetables, it didn't matter what you what else you ate. Yeah, you see, the trick was the vegetable became a sugar delivery device. Right. Yes. And since the obviously the vegetables would be just so tasty if they were coated down enough, like frosted broccoli or frosted spinach, like frosted, frosted flakes, flakes. Yeah. Wow, like frosted flakes, then people would eat them, 
and of course be healthy regardless of the extreme sugar overload or chemical toxicity from, you know, refined artificial sugars and so forth, they would be just fine with, because they got the nutrients that somehow the nutrients make up for the fact that they're on a diet of sugar. Yeah. And, um, well, you no, it doesn't work that way, does it? No. Well, you could be aware of these shows when they have, like, um, this somebody... Was, this some... is like the doctor expert. I mean, come on. Well, th- that's the thing. That should be a warning. It's like, if you've got this doctor who, or, or PhD especially... Well, they do, they do have a warning sometimes, Sarah, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, if you have this doctor on there who's still practicing in the mainstream medicine and who's been doing so for 10, 20 years, then mm-hmm. they ought to know better, which means that they're lying. By by telling you some of the the crap that they teach you, and so that's why we we don't have doctors on our show. Well, one of the other shows, no matter what your health condition was, and this is another pattern: beware of people with products to sell, especially beware when they have one single product that does everything. There you go. You know they're lying. It's just all there is to it. Yeah. I mean, you you don't have to know anything about health or medicine to know that's true, and. We've listened in on a couple of these shows. By some strange coincidence, every one of these shows has the super product, Hmm. you know? And it's like, if it's probiotics, you can't go wrong. Because there's so much marketing involving probiotics right now. In fact, all these sleazy people like Dr. Oz, Dr. Weil, everybody, you know, they're, they're just piling on with the probiotic stuff. It's just so wonderful. Well, it it's not really that wonderful. I don't even know if we have time to go there. But what's important here is that if you push probiotics, you really can't go wrong because all the gurus are behind it. And, you know, one health site after another is just saying, if you just take them, everything will be wonderful. So these people run with it. And this one show was, no matter what happened to you, by some coincidence, it was it involved the GI tract. Yes. No matter what it is, if you got a splinter in your foot, it was because of your GI tract was not aligned somehow. They didn't have the right yeast flora ratio or whatever. I mean, it could be you got your not, your eye knocked out in a baseball game. It's because of your GI tract. I mean, of course. Yes. And people would call in with questions about this, that, or the other thing. And no matter what it was, it was your GI tract. And then they'd be like, well, no, sir. Um, actually, and then like, boom, you know, he hung up on them. Yes. You know, he just, you know, like, well, we're done with her. You know, <laughs> I'll just give you, the, I'll give all of you the solution now. Yes. And of course it was the GI tract. And guess what he was selling? No matter what, it was like ProFlora 2000 or something ridiculous, some <laughs> stupid marketing name. He has show after show after show. That's all he does. It's, it's your GI tract. You need ProFlora 2000, of course. And they're like, well, no, I don't, mm, you know, the phone's hung up again and, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we listen to this stuff and we're like amazed. And then we looked, it, this guy gets more listeners than we do. How can you get more listeners on every show being so patently dishonest that you insult the intelligence of your listeners? Of your audience, yeah. How can you do that? I mean, a long time ago, we made it our policy that we're, we have two two important goals. We have lots of goals, but two of our first important goals were, one, try to simplify everything so that anyone can understand what we're doing. What we're saying, yeah. Yeah, we're simplifying complex health issues so anybody out there can help themselves, you know, by providing essentially the poor man's guide to medicine, to real medicine. 
But at the same time, to complement that, we had another rule. Never, ever insult their intelligence, which, which makes it something of a tightrope for us. To simplify everything without insulting your intelligence. Well, you see, it's, like, it's the opposite of, of what mainstream medicine does. What they do is they try and use all these different fancy words to try and confuse the other person and make them feel stupid and inferior. Yeah, it's, it's about establishing dominance. That's what it's about. Maintaining control, establishing dominance, ensuring compliance. Yeah. Okay. So they're not there to help you. They're just there to make sure that you're the right consumer. Consumer, not citizen, mind you, but a consumer yeah. who's compliant. And when you ask too many questions, that's what they do. They bombard you with the double speak and with the, you know, their terminology, their Latin terminology, their special medical terms, their words which are like 15 characters long, to, to shut you up, to make you feel stupid, to make you feel like you can't possibly hope to manage your health. Yes. Health. Uh-huh. Well, what I find amazing is reading through the medical literature just how often the term compliance or patient compliance is yeah. used just so matter-of-factly. Oh, they love it. They love it. But again, we may be going off on a tangent here, Sarah, slightly, <laughs> and this is something we've beaten into the ground, I think, in other shows. But I think what's important now is don't trust someone just because they're alternative. Don't trust them because they're in the alternative media, they're an alternative health. The way it works out is nine times out of ten, they're crooked too, and we feel really lonely doing what we do. Well, honestly, it's like we don't ask that our audience just trust us. Mm -hmm. We we don't ask for for your blind compliance. We provide Uh, the research to get them started. Exactly. I mean, we hope that you you take control of your own health. That's what we're trying to teach Mm -hmm. you to to do. And, And you can. You can take responsibility for your own health. But a lot of you people need a little help getting started. Yeah. And that's what we do. But don't put blind faith in us either. What I want you to do is to listen and read our work. Run with it. Go out there and then read about it yourself now that you've got a good starting point. Yeah, good foundation. And when you come back saying, you guys were right, well, that's just great. That's great. <laughs> but go, go find the evidence yourself. Yeah. Don't just assume we're telling the truth because that's part of the problem. I mean, frankly, people are too trusting. Yeah. It's, it's what allows these imbeciles and these fraudsters and these incompetents to do what they do. It's because it's not because people are stupid. It's because people are too trusting. It's really kind of sad. It is sad. I mean... But no one should be willing to place all of their health decisions uh, in the hands of somebody else, anybody else. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what certifications they have. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes think that we have more credibility due to our lack of certifications and diplomas and so forth. I, I, I now to try, certainly trust those who have not been to medical school far more than those who have. Let me give you an example, and this ties all into the whole fraud thing. The other side are adversaries, not the fraudsters on our side, but the <laughs> adversaries on the other side. They love to bring up the term snake oil when talking about people like us. They love to use the term quack and like to, to reference snake oil, you know, because supposedly... People like us sold snake oil, cheated people, got them killed. You know, people who could have used real medical help. And what's sad is, as the people who throw this around the most are the people who have the most education, and at the same time are the people who are the most ignorant, because they don't even know their own history. And snake oil is part of their history. Let me tell you, just I'll be quick about this. Let me tell you a little bit about snake oil. Snake oil was not practiced by alternative people. It was practiced by mainstream medicine. 
It's your MD who passed out snake oil. Number two, what makes it even more incredible is that snake oil actually worked. Snake oil is a thick, highly concentrated extract of the echinacea plant. That extract from the echinacea plant neutralized venoms, in particular, snake venoms. You could drink that stuff and get a snake, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. You could drink that stuff, get a snake bite, and just walk away. But you can't get it now. No, no, you can't get it now because that's been branded as quackery now. So you have to go and beg and plead at the emergency room because, you know, anybody could extract echinacea. That's out of their monopoly control at that point. The pharmaceutical industry can't control it. So it's branded, demonized, yeah, and essentially made illegal. You know, it's, it's not an approved therapy anymore. So it's actually illegal for a doctor to even try to use it on you. This is how they control the industry. And so if you get snake bit, you got to go to the hospital and beg them for whatever anti-venom substitute that they have now yeah. and, and hope that it works. And, of course, you have to match the right anti-venom with the right snake. You have to get a perfect match, too. It's not like this, you know, snake oil stuff you could used to get yeah. you, or you used to be able to buy. Sorry. It's all right. It's just how stupid it all is and how ignorant they are. You know, after 12 years of medical school and them, you know, throwing this out, you know, this is just so glaring that they don't even know their own history much less the history of alternative medicine, Yeah. which at one time was the standard. Except that most doctors don't spend much more than a day on like nutrition. Yeah, I've heard that too. Their entire nutritional training is a day Yeah. out of 12 years. And I imagine it's something of a party joke day. You know, they pass around the Cokes and they have the snack bar, you know, <laughs> and they, they make jokes about, well, we're learning about nutrition here. I, I imagine often like that. Mm-hmm. And so what the, the, the lovely importance for nutrition, mm-hmm. how they see it. Yeah. Well, they're whatnot. looking at their new Rolex watches that they just got from like Bayer or yes. Baxter, you know, but, you know, making partners with you know, the doctors early on. Yeah. That really happens, by the way. You know, you know, that really happens. It does. It really does. Well, going back to the whole trust no one thing and to the radio shows that we're listening to. Well, one was talking about a research study done by the Mayo Clinic. Oh, my gosh. The same people that warned us about the dangers of vitamin C. Aren't you thankful? Yeah, the Mayo Clinic, you know know they're on the right side, don't you, when they tell you not to take vitamin C? Yeah. Go ahead, Sarah. Well, according to their research study, children under the age of two who have been exposed to anesthesia more than once had an increased chance of getting ADHD, and therefore anesthesia causes ADHD. Okay, okay. So what you do is you're drawing a line from point A to point W, and then maybe to point P or L at that point. Yes. Not from A to B to C. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what I'm seeing here is there must be an agenda at play if their logic is that skewed. Yeah. It's it's, it's not science at that point, is it? It's certainly not. It's like... If a child under the age of two has been through anesthesia more than once, they've been through surgery. surgery. More than once. At more than age, once. At age two. Exactly. And, and they even tried now, to... Now, have, now let, me, let me ask you something, Sarah. Yeah. Would that indicate that maybe, maybe just possibly, it's a stretch here, the parents are maybe doing something wrong? If the child has had maybe. surgeries twice before he's two. Mm-hmm. If a baby is born with a health problem, it's not the child's fault. So, 
then the question is, whose fault is it? And I'll give you a hint. It's not God's fault for making bad genes that just maim babies right and left. No, no, it's not. Okay, so it's not baby's fault. It's not God's fault. Whose fault would it be that that baby is born with problems? It lays in the hands of the parental responsibility. The parents or the doctors or the parents and the doctors. Usually it's a combination. It usually is, yes. Nutritional problems, Mm -hmm. drug problems. And people don't know this, and we don't have time to go into this either, but most pharmaceuticals, and when I say most, I mean like almost all of them, cause nutritional deficiencies. Pharmaceuticals are designed to suppress various parts of the body, which means that pharmaceuticals are going to be negatively impacting the GI tract. They're, they're toxic. They are a toxin. Any toxin you eat will impair your digestive tract. You will not be able to extract stuff as well. And your body will actually try not to extract so much because if it does, it extracts the toxin and puts it in the blood. So it's like you've given your body a reason to flush as much of the nutrients out as it can. Pharmaceuticals are known to cause nutritional problems. That's a fact. I'm not making this up. Get on Google. Look for yourself. As I said, trust no one. Don't trust me on this. Go look. So if the child was on any medicines during the pregnancy, even if it's a medicine not known to cause any problems, any birth defects, whatever have you, well, you've got a mother who's malnourished yes, because of the drugs, even if they're not directly hurting her or the baby. They're indirectly hurting in that way. And then, of course, if the child has had two or more surgeries by the time he's two, well, we've had some intervention there. What that means is he's been butchered twice. Okay. Yes. Literally. Let's call it like it is. He's been butchered twice. Probably had organs removed. Organs removed, hacked up, whatever. Yeah. Okay. And by the time he's had two surgeries, because, you know, they try to avoid operating on infants. I yeah, mean, at least you can give them that, right? You can give them that. They try to avoid operating on infants. So if they have operated, you also know that they have been through dozens and dozens of drugs at that point. They've also taken drugs after the surgery, still antibiotics and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, heck yes. You've got to have the antibiotics, don't you? Uh So you have a child who is brutalized and very, very likely to be malnourished. If he wasn't malnourished in the womb, he's malnourished after the womb by the drugs he's taking. You know, it's like when there's smoke, there's fire. If you've got a kid, this is screwed up. It's pretty likely the parents aren't doing a good job of taking care of the child either. Yeah. I mean, that would be my guess in most cases. Do they blame it on the food? Do they blame it on the drugs? Do they blame it on the butchery? Oh, no. It's safe to blame it on anesthesia. I mean, when you, when you really... there's no way they're going to do away with that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like you can, you can maybe change the drug. You can switch your drug regimen. Um, you can try and avoid the, the, the surgery. So you wouldn't want to blame any of those things because they hurt business. Yes. They, well, not only do they hurt business, but if you come out in a big way blaming these things and you're in the establishment... It's a very poor career move. You're likely to find yourself looking in fast food for a job. In fact, you're very likely to lose your license if you're aggressive enough with pushing it. Yeah, but blaming anesthesia, that's, no. that's pretty safe. Yeah, but when you stop making excuses, when you stop this pseudoscience that we used to call the FDA science and start actually mapping out true cause and effect relationships that aren't absurd, you know, that are actually possible, likely, and test those, once you start doing that, you stop being one of them. You become one of us at that point. That's why they can't do it. We can point out to we're blue in the face that anesthesia has been used for who knows how many, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. what, a century at least? Maybe two? I don't know. I don't remember back on this particular topic. But ADD didn't exist 
it suddenly existed in the 1980s when Ritalin sales dropped, when the bottom dropped out of the market for Ritalin. Suddenly a new disease was discovered for Ritalin. For Ritalin, yes. At this point, you and I can, you know, make the connection there. There's, There's an agenda. There's something really fishy. Anesthesia does not cause ADD. They would have discovered that long ago. What didn't happen long ago, what is new now, is babies getting multiple surgeries before they're age two. Yeah. Where previous generations would have said, that's insane. But I guess that's progress, isn't it? You know. Yes, medical advances. Like those same medical advances that have led to the fact that this new generation of kids is going to be the first in recorded history to have a lifespan shorter than that of their parents. With all the new technologies, Sarah, the advances... Medical and, advances? And radiation... Well, didn't you used to hear about that all the, t- all the time, about how medicine had resulted in a gradually increasing lifespans? Well, that's more like from point A to point T, you know, the... Yes. They basically drew the connection they wanted to draw, not taking into account that more people... And this is what's incredible. More people were dying from drugs than ever before. Legal, doctor-prescribed drugs. Mm-hmm. The rates have, you know, grown constantly. Yet life rates, not life rates, but life expectancy has increased. Now, you can't connect the two. If more people than ever, record numbers, are being killed by doctor-prescribed drugs, then you cannot possibly say that doctor-prescribed drugs are the reason why lifespan is higher. No. You know, it doesn't add up. But, again, we're dealing with FDA, institutionalized science here. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're not accounting for, for the things that really are increasing, or have been, up until this point, increasing like life hygiene. expectancy. Exactly. Hygiene the, made the, the germ difference. theory. I mean, mm-hmm. and over time, we've become a, a cleaner, cleaner society. People. Not only are we clean, but our foods are cleaner. There's pasteurization going on now. Mm-hmm. We've learned that germs are bad. And if you're a weak person, particularly if you're an old weak person or a really young weak person, they can kill you. Yeah, we've learned about heating foods and how that kills germs and mm-hmm. parasites and how freezing foods... Uh-huh, preserves them. Exactly. Yeah. And we have that. And it's, and it's not just the foods. It's, it's our actual buildings and houses. We have air conditioning. We have heat. Heating. You know, if it gets down to 20 degrees or less at your house... It's Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Fahrenheit, yeah. <laughs> Most people don't have to run out into the woods with an axe. Yeah. Can you imagine chopping down an oak tree with an axe because it's your only hope to heat? In our modern state, in our modern state of health, that alone would kill most people now. I mean, I imagine most grown men would just, like, fall over with a heart attack, trying to, especially we had to do with an axe, which is what people used to have to do. You know, even in travel, how many people now are killed by being stomped to death by a horse? But yeah, that was once a natural common problem. It was very common, being run over, stomped, kicked. I mean, a horse would mess you up, and horses were temperamental creatures. I mean, it's not like your car is going to try to run you down. Okay, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. But it did. There were so many ways. Take the Civil War. The number one killer in the Civil War wasn't the shooting or the fighting. It wasn't the bullets. It was diarrhea. I don't remember in my head, but it was, it's ridiculous there. It was like three times the people that were killed in the war, uh, or three times the people killed by bullets, were killed by diarrhea. Yeah. And that's because people were together in close quarters with virtually no hygiene, no way of taking care of their food and the, the elements. Yeah, it has nothing to do with, with medical advances. You know, it's not because they didn't have amoxicillin. That had nothing to do with their plight. You don't think they had an amoxicillin I don't think deficiency? amoxicillin would have done a bit of good in those circumstances, do you? 
No. I really our, don't. No. I'm sorry. I've just got to put this in here. Our audience, and when we say our audience, I mean you people listening right now. The HealthWise audience. The uh-huh. HealthWise audience and the people that go to our site, and I know some of you probably do that too. You guys are the cream of the crop. We read through our mail and through our comments and our forum. You guys are the best. You, we're like, we've got like the smartest audience around, the sharpest. We, we've attracted the best, and we feel really good about that. It means we must be doing something right. I mean, heck, go over to Natural News and read their comments for a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, the, the stuff you read. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our Earth Clinic, Earth Clinic is beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it's like comedy relief. And I think it's sad. What's I'm sad scared. is, well, they mean well, Sarah. I mean, I think the people that run the site mean well, more or less. But they don't realize how bad they make alternative medicine look. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got one, like I said, that appeared on our forum. He recommended urine therapy. And and so it's like, we got one of theirs. What's he doing on our site? <laughs> Shouldn't he be over at Natural News or Earth Clinic? I mean, seriously. Why is he here? The guy recommended urine therapy. Now, you're going to think, does that mean you pee a lot? Nope. Nope, it doesn't mean that. Um, Sarah, why, why don't you tell him? Well, that's that's actually when you supplement with urine. Supplement. As in, you I mean, put it in your mouth. You put it in a cup, a drinking cup. Your own waste, liquid yes. waste. I think they only have like several drops because that starts making them sick. Go figure. Yeah, because if you had a mouthful, you'd probably start hurling, right? Yeah. In most cases. Yeah. So they start out with drops and build up their tolerance. Exactly, over it. time. I, I can't even go there, Sarah. I'm just like cringing. Tell them the logic behind it. That, that, that these. Okay, you can't do it either. I can see that. All right, <laughs> it's like these... Since it's coming out of your body, your body obviously created this for your use. That's it, the logic, okay? Mm-hmm. The, the, the minerals are all just in the right combinations because your body's throwing them away. So you know, the, the, there's a reason that it's, it's waste. It's waste, yeah. It's, you're supposed to be getting rid of it. But yes. Maybe we should just like nervously move on and, and just not look back. What do you, what do you think? Doesn't that sound like a good idea? I, I don't think that anybody in our audience is really going to be... wants to um, think about it. They yeah. have sun gazing, too. Yes, where you stare at the sun. Where you stare at the sun until you've severely damaged your vision for the sake of health. While we're not making more headway, it's because people within our own community are giving the other side so much ammunition. You couldn't ask for much more than this, could you? Directly look at the sun? Mm -hmm. No. no. I mean, we know sunlight is good for you, right? I mean... Yeah. But, anyway. (laughs) Well, uh, moving along... I'm going to pass the buck and the mic to Sarah now. Thanks. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, we've heard from a few people recently that they're concerned that drinking either well water or spring water will result in kidney stones. You know, before you go, you know what people are going to say? They're going to say, oh, my gosh, they're talking about water again. You, you know that we are. We're, we're, seriously, folks, we're not going to get stuck on water. Promise. No, we're not. <laughs> you, you can't really get too many minerals through your water supply. Now, the thing is that your ability for your body to use minerals depends on the amount of nutrition that you have and also the pH within your body. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that some of you may have heard us talk about this before, and your stomach and your body should have an inverse pH relationship. Yeah. 
the more acidic your stomach is, the more alkaline the rest of the body is and vice yeah. versa. And you want your body overall to be alkaline. You mm -hmm. do. Except for the stomach. Except for the stomach. Yeah, I mean, you can you avoid pretty much all the major diseases if you can keep your body alkaline. Well, you have to be careful about throwing a general rule out. We, we start to sound like the other people, like, this is the one cure for everything. <laughs> Just do it. But yeah, but when you do have... There, there's a great bit of truth to that, though. I mean, there is, but when you keep your body alkaline, you also help your body to stay oxygenated, and that's why mm -hmm. I really said that. Yeah. And people are going to be like, oh, gosh, uh, oxidation, free radicals. No, folks, if you have the right nutrition then you have the right antioxidants in your body already. So oxygen is only helpful. It's not hurtful at all. Yeah. Hmm. So what you can do to keep kidney stones away is drink homemade lemonade or get some lemon juice, you know, actually suck on a lemon. With uh, high fructose corn syrup? No, I'm not talking about these little, you know, containers that have like sodium benzoate in them that you get in the produce section. Yeah. No actually real lemons. You, you need to make it yourself homemade, okay? Yeah. Don't don't buy lemonade. Yeah, you can actually use pineapple juice for this too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and the reason is the same, because both yeah. things actually alkalize Your the body main body. significantly. They have the right mineral makeup to when they're processed and digested, that the body tends to get to a more alkaline state. And what's great is you can mix them together. You see, it's like the lemon juice is too sour, but the pineapple juice is too sweet. But when you mix them together, it's flavorlicious. Yeah. Yes, it's ideal. I like to do that, like half a lemon in like an eight-ounce yeah. glass uh -huh. with pineapple. Now, a lot of people think that the reason that these lemons, or the lemon juice, helps to break down the kidney stones is because somehow this super acid makes it all the way through the circulatory system. Not the circulatory, the digestive system. The tract. digestive system, yeah. Mm -hmm. And stays in its acidic state. Its original state. All the way to the kidneys, yeah. and it's this like magic. and this acid breaks down mm -hmm. the kidney stones. Just, yeah, because they're very alkaline. It's made of calcium mainly. Yeah. Okay, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just not it's the like, way that the, well, the human it's, body it's like, works. You know, it just shows that people in our community can utilize FDA science just as well as our adversaries can. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, as I was saying with the pH, it's about allowing your body to be in a healthy state where it can fully use all of its minerals. And so when mm -hmm. it can fully use those minerals, it will break them down by yeah. itself and make use of yeah, them. It'll make use of the minerals. It won't just dump them to the kidneys in an attempt to flush it out of the body. Yeah. But of course, oh, I'm sorry, I was, I was about to make a urine therapy joke. Um, I'm not going there. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but yeah, Sarah is exactly right. It's ridiculous to think that the lemon juice makes it to your kidneys. You know, you couldn't open up somebody's kidneys and find lemonade and like, put it in a glass. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. It's stupid. I mean, it's so stupid. But you have all these health gurus and health sites making it sound as if that's exactly what happens. But if your body's got the other complementary minerals that it needs, and if it's pH balanced the way it needs to be and it's supposed to be, then minerals get used in the body. Calcium is actually something the body can use. It's not something the body should be throwing away. Yeah. And... Here's something else. Um, can, let me just run with this a little bit, Sarah. Is that okay? Sure. All right. Calcium requires other minerals, like we've been alluding to. In, in particular, it needs magnesium, which you'll get in various vegetables. If you're an American, you're deficient in magnesium. I mean, I'm serious. That's all there is to it. I can promise you, you're deficient if you're an American. 
I can't speak for the rest of the world because I don't monitor the diets. Magnesium binds with calcium. The two work together. They need one another. Without calcium, your body doesn't use magnesium properly. Without magnesium, your body doesn't use calcium properly. One without the other is useless. And what happens is, is if you don't have enough magnesium in your body, your body has to try to get rid of it. Okay? Some of it gets deposited in the arteries and causes hardening of the arteries. Some of it gets deposited in the joints, causing arthritis over an extended period of time. Some of it forms inside the brain, causing brain issues that happen with age over many decades as well. It pretty much... Becomes destructive all over the body. Destructive all over the body. It clogs the body up. It doesn't go to the teeth and the bones like it's supposed to. Why? Because it doesn't have magnesium to bind to, which allows it to fuse into the bones. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. And there's another one. There's vitamin D. Without vitamin D, neither calcium nor magnesium work properly. So you have like this trio, this trinity, calcium, vitamin D, magnesium. I'm not sure, does either lemon juice or pineapple juice have a lot of magnesium? I don't remember off the top of my head, Sarah. Uh, Do you remember? Um, I mean, I know they need vegetables, okay, but would that actually help with that? I'm not sure if it would, honestly, with that. Um I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I think we've looked it up and it really doesn't. Nuts are great for magnesium. Though. Yeah, nuts are. And uh, cashews are the ideal thing to eat for that. They provide a bunch of stuff and work as, as both a dieting aid because they naturally suppress appetite and they act as an antidepressant, an all-natural antidepressant. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're getting so far off the topic. We, we You started off with kidney stones, okay? <laughs> and as I was saying, you know, Lemon juice, pineapple juice, that's the way to go. If you have those every day, the odds of you getting kidney stones is very slim. Yeah, you don't have to worry about drinking your spring or well water. The minerals and the water are good for you. Mm-hmm. And all you need to do is set the right environment up for your body to properly use them. And it will. Your yeah. body is like a machine. If it's tuned properly, it'll do what it's supposed to do. Vitamin D, the best source of vitamin D is sunlight. And there are a lot of people that have trouble with that because, well, they have office jobs and other things that keep them indoors a lot of the time. You can try to supplement with vitamin D. But I'm going to tell you, if you try to supplement with vitamin D, there's like a 50% chance it will do nothing. Nothing at all. Because there's a difference between the vitamin D that you get in supplementation and the vitamin D that your body produces from cholesterol from sunlight exposure. So you get sunlight exposure, cholesterol in the skin turns to vitamin D, starts getting circulated, it gets used by the liver, so forth and so forth. Actually, I think liver is involved in its production, in Yes, fact. it is. So I may have the relationship a little and off And also, here. if you supplement with vitamin D, you can actually get malia because of the excess cholesterol. Because mm, your body up. can't, produce, can't but, yeah. deal with the cholesterol. And I think that's how I got started. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got a case of malia. It's mostly gone now, but I still have some remnants of it left. But... I was supplementing with vitamin D because it's so important. It's so important. You don't want to be deficient in it, but if you get too much for your particular lifestyle and too much, you know, for your sun exposure and diet and so forth, you can end up with like malaria. Yeah, you can look at malaria at our site if you're interested. It's like one of our most popular articles. Yes. It's like right behind the Amish don't get autism. Mm-hmm. Which I was mean, kind of a surprising, it's amazing. Yes, it is. Um, it makes sense, Sarah, when you think about it. I mean. If supplementation can cause malaria, then who's going to get malaria? The, the healthy, healthy people. The healthy people, our audience. 
that's who's going to get Malia. Yes. Because they're supplementing. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I think it also happens in a lot of people that don't get enough meat, um, which yeah, also which points also to people. Which also be our audience because, well, let's face it, even if you're not a vegan or a vegetarian, there's still this pull in our community, this tendency to avoid meats. Well, I mean, there's a fear of a lot of things. Good healthy fears, like just the, the hormones that are put in meats and, and so forth. Now. Yeah, they've got good reason to be afraid, don't they? Yeah, and it's hard to get hold of grass-fed meat. Organic, yeah. you know, range-fed beef. Exactly. Which is so spectacular when cooked right, but it's <laughs> another topic altogether. Please check us out and read our reports at the HealthWise Report website. You can find us on the internet at healthwise.org. Take special note that WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We spell it W-Y-Z-E to emphasize wisdom. We are a not-for-profit organization, although we are not registered as a not-for-profit, non-profit, or any other classification with any governmental agency. Nevertheless, we are a non-profit organization, so we're always needing donors to help us to continue our work, whether it be the equipment for these radio shows, our website and network infrastructure, various fees for our movie productions, and of course, the occasional video game to help us maintain our sanity through it all. If you are someone who cannot donate, or who does not wish to, you can also support us by visiting our online store. That can also be found at healthwise.org, and again, WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We have to be careful about what claims we make about our products, including claims that can be verified, because we know of at least one governmental agency that would like to shut us down. We can tell you that in our opinion, our colloidal copper lotion has qualities that cannot be found in any other lotion sold, anywhere else. So, if you have joint or skin problems of any kind, we recommend that you check out our lotion. The HealthWise Report staff also offers hosting, networking, and technical support for anyone who wants to have their own website or assistance with internet technologies. Our technical skills place us among the best of the best. Thanks for listening to this. We'll get back to the show now. This is something else we've mentioned in our show, I think, way back. Mm -hmm. Way back shows from years ago. If you've never had range-fed, grass-fed, fully organic beef. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. Because it doesn't taste like regular beef. It's like comparing, you know, apples to pork chops. You can't compare this junk. You know, in the store, it's so bad, the meat in most cases is actually green. And, And now I'm not making this up. We wrote an article about this too. The beef in this, the most stores has been like somewhere in a factory for six months. It's actually turned a little bit green. And you don't know that and you don't see that. You know why? Because they have chemicals they use to paint the meat. They actually have meat paint. One of the ways you can know if they've used meat paint is you can hold up one of these, you know, sla- steak slabs mm-hmm. you know, with the plastic over it. You can hold it up in the grocery store and look over it, you know, sort of like shine the light over it and look at it, you know. Mm-hmm with the light reflecting on the top, if it creates a rainbow starburst effect, like, you know, oil on, on asphalt after the sunlight is hitting it, or it's rained, you know, it's it's been painted. It's not really that color. Well, another thing to watch out for whilst you're looking at meats, they actually have the fat content on there. And a lot yeah. of people don't even know what that number is. But you'll see, like, it says, like, 70 forward slash 30. That mm-hmm. means that it's 30% fat and 70% Meat. Think about that. Thirty percent. Yeah, that's the maximum that USDA allows, and you see it all over the place. But it's all over the place, and people don't know. They don't. They see that. They don't think about it. They don't know. I find it astounding. And let me tell you something. People may not think that's a big deal, but it is. 
Because in the past, that wasn't even possible. You could not grow a cow with 30% fat. You just couldn't do it. You put him out on the range and just let him do his thing. He's going to be at least 90% meat. I mean, the, the meat parts that they cut off. You know, there's not going to be, like, yeah. you know, maybe 10% fat. And that, that's the worst case. And when that happens, you've got like a diseased cow. What happens is, is fat, and this happens in people too, it's pretty much universal. Fat is an indication of toxicity and poor diet. Now they're feeding cows all kinds of stuff. Stuff we don't even want to talk about. In fact, we had one guy want us to do a show about mad cow disease from back when they were feeding cows other cow parts. You see, cows aren't meant to be meat eaters. They're not meant to eat cow parts, chicken parts, corn. They're not meant to be vaccinated heavily. They're not to live on a diet of antibiotics for however long. I don't know how long it is they raise a cow from, you know, child to, you know. But, well, what happens is, is when you raise a cow like that, it gets fat. Because fat is a defense mechanism. A way a body tries to defend itself, to shield itself, and a place to store toxic materials. Mm-hmm. So the meat is fatty, it's toxic, and it's bad. And it's so bad now that government had to implement the 70-30 rule, meaning they actually had to put a limit on how fatty it could be because they're growing cows that are even more than that. Isn't that astounding that they actually have, that it could actually get worse than that? Didn't you look up the original the original ratios, Sarah? I did, um, but it was been years, and I don't remember what they were. Well, I anymore. think you told me it was like the average cow way back, you know, back in the 60s and 50s, mm-hmm. was 95% meat. The meat was 95%. Yeah. And it was rare for it to be, you know, less than that or more fat than that. Uh-huh. So when I tell you people to go out and get these organic steaks from wherever you can find them, you don't have to worry about whether it's 70, 30. It, it won't be. Yeah. If it's because you if can't it really do that if it really is organic, you, know, you just no, can't. Nature doesn't do that. It doesn't make a fat, toxic cow. Yeah. Okay. That takes intervention for you to do that. That takes medical help. Yeah. It takes medical and chemical assistance to make that happen. Yeah. And of course, feeding them a diet that would make you cringe or them cringe, and they probably do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if you're vegan, vegetarian, trying organic. I'm telling you, that'll break you. You'll never turn back. And if you're a regular meat eater and you've never had one, then you don't even know what steak tastes like. You have no idea. It's true, isn't it? I mean, seriously. It really is, yeah. Anyway, let's move on, Sarah. Yeah, well, you did actually mention Mm -hmm. what fat is there for and there to get rid of the toxicity. Mm -hmm. A lot of people um, and a lot of diet plans encourage you to not take too many calories. Everything's about the calories. Um, uh-huh, I've heard that one. Yeah, and they encourage you essentially to starve yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter what, what the plan is, if it's HCG or if it's hydroxyca. A big foundation of their thing is to starve you. And there's a reason for that. It's really good for their business. Because when you start starving yourself, you, you very quickly start losing weight. Because mm-hmm. you start burning that fat off. You, you have no choice. And then as soon as you stop taking their product and following their plan, you gain it back much, much more rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you gain more back, too. Much more. Yeah, exactly. So then you have to go back to that product again. Yeah. Why would that be, Sarah? Well, your body starts trying to hold on to anything that you take in. It's trying to create reserves. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to try to impress you with all my fancy medical speak. I couldn't. I don't remember the terminology, frankly. But I, I can't tell you how it is. When you starve yourself for any period of time, you trigger an emergency response in the body. You trigger what are known as, you know, in layman's terms, as starvation hormones. And there is a fancy name for them, okay? I'm sure we could look it up, but I'm not going to. Our audience could care less about how many big words we can use. All right? What happens when you get these starvation hormones in effect in the body, what they do is they try to take foods and quickly convert anything left over, and I mean any calorie or two that's left over at all. It'll try to convert it to fat because fat is an energy storage device. It's not just for toxins. It's, it also is used by the body for energy. Mm-hmm. And what this means is, is like no matter what your diet is, after the starvation period, it won't matter. It'll still get stored as fat. Yeah. You've created a no-win scenario with a starvation diet. So what you need to do if you really want to be a successful dieter is you need to turn off those hormones. You need to do just the opposite. And so instead of starving yourself, eat five or six, heck, maybe even seven. Just small meals spread small throughout the day. Small meals. Mm-hmm. That is right, Sarah. To teach your body that it doesn't need fat, there's no problem. There's like no reason whatsoever why you'd want to have fat because food is always readily available. So you have to train your body mm-hmm. to basically not worry about food. Well, I mean... <laughs> one of these big diet plans was HCG, and I mentioned it briefly. Mm-hmm. Um they recommend a 500-calorie-a-day diet, which mm-hmm. induces a state of, of ketosis in the body, of, of starvation. Don't sorry, use one of those fancy words, Sarah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't, don't use those fancy words around me. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and so... Ketosis? Y- yeah, yeah. Oh, and so that's why you, you, you lose the weight quickly, and then you gain it back. Now, with HCGs, it's kind of a special case, because there are two HCGs. There's the, the chemical one, which is, well horrendous for your body. I always go for the chemical one, personally. Yeah, right. Um, And then there's the the homeopathic version. Oh, boy, the homeopathic version. That must be some high-end stuff. (laughs) Now, homeopathy or homeopathy, um, there's multiple ways to pronounce it. Homeopathic, homeopathy, there's so many pronunciations. Yeah. But people don't know what we're talking about, at least those who have been around the block a time or two with us. Yeah, it is... Unfortunately, it's an it's an unwelcome branch. <clears throat> it's an unwelcome branch it's, of alternative medicine. It's the medicine. cousin that we don't invite for Thanksgiving, right? It's the drunken cousin. Yes, it's, it's not invited. It's like that, yes. But it's also like mainstream medicine, and I'd love to hear about that, Sarah, from you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in home homeopathy, they have this um, foundation of like cures like. Okay, and. For you guys who didn't pick up on her accent there, it's like cures like. Thanks. Go ahead. ahead. And what that really means is that what causes an illness or a symptom... symptom. Yeah, or a symptom even. A symptom will also cure it, usually in small amounts. Yeah, it's it's fighting fire with fire. Exactly. That's their philosophy. Now, when you look over at allopathic medicine, you can see how the early homeopaths in the early part of the 20th century had that impact on allopathic medicine. Look mm-hmm. at cancer treatments. They're the twins. Exactly. Hey, radiation is being used to treat cancer. When radiation is like the thing that's most likely to cause cancer in all the world. There's nothing that more consistently. Yeah. There's nothing that will more consistently cause cancer. 
and other poisonous type syndromes than radiation. Yeah. You don't you don't want to be around radiation. The same sort of thing with the, the digit, digitalis and, digitalis. and heart disease. Yes, digitalis is in the nightshade family of plants. It is something that was used back in the day to kill people with. It was an all-natural poison. It causes, like, heart attacks. Yeah. So, guess what they use it for? Sarah, can you guess? Heart disease. Heart disease and heart attacks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's, it's incredible. And you see this pattern when you when you really study allopathic yeah. medicine. Yeah, well, heck, we had a guy come to our site on our, I think it was our form or comment. It was on a, a comment. comment on a story. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, people, the guy said that he shouldn't listen to our advice about sunburns, that, that no one should listen, because he had a better solution. If you get a sunburn that's really bad, take a scalding shower. A shower that's hotter than the burn. Yeah, make sure that, the, the, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. I guess that means hot enough to put you in agony. Is that what that means? Okay. And if you do that, you'll feel better afterwards. I don't think so. I don't see it. Do you, Sarah? No. But it's the same light cures light that is infectious. Yeah, like um, when, when somebody gets a fever, f- forget about the fact that if it goes too high, you know, they're going to have brain and organ damage from the fever itself. So what do they do? They just pile on the blankets. You know, since like is helping like... Fever must be good for them since they have it as a symptom. Yeah. So well, um, and, and it's not just that. In modern uh, homeopathy, they can't give out these actual poisons anymore. Like uh, mm-hmm. They can't give out antimony for you. Yeah. And, and actually, only, only one group of people can give out chemical poisons. Exactly. Now, So mm-hmm. homeopathy, they don't have the license for that. So they had this, this whole new theory that sprung up. How convenient. Yes. Them. They found a new method. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it goes by the name of water memory. <laughs> now, you see on the front of these um, either capsules or these tinctures, these homeopathic tinctures, they have like a, an amount, so it's like three times or, or 30, 30 times. Yeah. yeah. And you but, assume that that's like some sort of strength, and it, and it kind of is, but in their own bizarre code. Yeah, well, it's a coded number. You have to use their special math equation to know what that number actually means. Yes. Yeah. 30 doesn't necessarily mean 30 times. It doesn't mean 30%. By our normal math and reasoning, it, it doesn't actually mean anything. You have to go to their special website or school or whatever and learn their special method. You know, the madness, this madness is not just uh, coincidental. These people are doing it this way to obfuscate what they're doing. They're doing it to confuse people intentionally. So they don't want people to know what the number really means. Because, well, go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> Here's an example of water memory, because this is the only real way that I can describe it to you. Mm-hmm. If you put a drop of a chemical inside a big swimming pool, mm-hmm. and then you get some of that swimming pool water, and you put it in another swimming pool. A drop of that water yes. into another swimming pool, right? Yeah. You've kind of got your homeopathic preparation. You see, the idea is that water remembers the chemical structure of the a chemical that's been in there, and is just as effective... As, as the original chemical. chemical. Yeah, even though it's not that chemical and, and that it's water instead at that yes. point. Yes, so there's no traceable amount of whatever they're saying is no in. No detectable amount. No. Nothing. Nothing. So, um, so you have sugar pills and you have water. And we're not making this up. Again, trust no one. Don't, don't believe us. Go look this up. We're not making it up. And that special number they put on it to signify the strength, well, that somehow in their mathematical equation equates to just how many swimming pools were used. Yeah, like in some parallel dimension actually makes sense. 
But on the bright side, at least you don't get any more side effects than like you do from like water or, or, or sugar pills, yeah. right? And we kid you not, and they have these aisles in places like Whole Foods, just entire sections of homeopathic medicine. Yeah. And you know for sure that they're not giving you what you're supposed to be getting given because you can look on the bottles. You know, they have chemicals like antimony in them, which, you know, would You'd be thankful you. that, they're, that they're not or, really or, what they I, say they I are. I think I've seen arsenic. Yeah. Hmm. Antimony. You know, stuff that you, like, couldn't actually take. If you did take it, it would, like, kill you. Yeah. Um, or, in the very least, make you wish you were dead. So, if you don't believe us, you really don't have to do a lot of research. Just look on the labels yourself. There's no way these things are containing what they say they're containing. Fortunately. If they did contain what they said they were containing and you survived, they would only make your condition worse. I find it incredible. It's, like, it's kind of like, if you have pneumonia, are you really going to want to take a respiratory irritant? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I know. If you're having a heart attack, are you going to want to take something that causes heart failure? Would that be the logical next step? I mean, what do you say, right? Yeah, exactly. What do you say? So, um, you may notice from our website, we don't cover too many homeopathic topics. There's a reason for that. Yes. Because they're not welcome on our site. People, Those people are not welcome. Yeah. They are what modern medicine are based upon. Their methodologies. Yeah. I find it incredible that like, big stores like Whole Foods watch their house homeopathic well, like, like I say, I think they're, they must have something going on with the FDA at this point. You know, because they won't run, they will not sell vitamin B17. They won't sell any silver that actually does anything. I think the silver there is homeopathic, too. You remember, it's like water. It d does nothing. It doesn't look... I mean... It's, it's clear. Yeah. There's like no detectable metal in it. No. Uh, and we know for colloidal metals, because, I mean, we make the colloidal copper lotion. Uh -huh. I mean, and um, we've got our friend Ben, who hooks us up. His stuff, it's the stuff. Yeah, I mean, seriously. It actually... <laughs> it really is. It works, and you can you can see that there's metal in it. If yeah. It's I mean, from the color. Heck, heck, you can taste it. It tastes metallic. Yes. I mean, there's there's no doubt you're getting something. Mm -hmm. It's not homeopathic colloidal silver. On Whole Foods, I do want to mention, they have these, they've had them for a while, and I think we wrote an article way back, but they still have them. They're these metal bottles, these aluminum bottles. Oh, the SIG ones? Yes, made by a company called SIG, S-I-G-G. <laughs> now, oh, yeah. because they didn't use stainless steel, they have toxicity problems with aluminum. You can't put an acetic drink okay, inside you're them. ahead of yourself. Spell out, the bottles are made of aluminum, not stainless steel. You know, make it blunt. Okay. And you, you were saying, because they're not using stainless steel, because they're using aluminum, which reacts to acetic drinks, they'd have a problem if they didn't do something to it, because you'd have aluminum in the drink. Exactly. Which is, well, toxic, right? Yeah, I mean, anything from orange juice, Coke, it really doesn't matter. I mean, most mm -hmm. drinks are acetic. Mm -hmm. um, so what they do is they put this plastic lining, uh, like a like an epoxy lining. Yeah, polyurethane. It's like yeah. polyurethane. Yeah, on the inside of these bottles mm -hmm. that contains BPA. Would you repeat that for them? Yeah, this lining contains BPA, and, and these are sold at Whole Foods. Yeah, because they're safer, right? Yeah, and they're in metal containers because they're safer than plastic. But, yeah, they coat it with plastic. On the inside, it releases the same toxic chemicals that you were trying to avoid it's like you can in get, the first place. Like you can get plastic bottles that are safer than, than these metal ones. These, yeah, these apparent metal ones. It is amazing, isn't it? Well, what I liked when we went there not so long ago, and they actually had one with Whole Foods Market actually written on there, and it was just mm -hmm. uh, Well, we are talking amazing. about the company that's still pushing soy and granola. 
Well, they allow high fructose corn syrup in their foods. I mean. Yeah. Trust no one. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Definitely do not trust Whole Foods. We we shop there ourselves, but we are paranoid shoppers. Oh, we, yeah. We know they can't be trusted. No. I well, mean, they, they can't. It's all about the money. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get away with whatever they can get away with. You know, they have to know about their bottles. Mm-hmm. They have to know they're coated with a liner. Oh, well, I mean, it's been reported all over the place now, I think. I mean, we reported, we reported on it fairly early on, a few years ago. But it, it has made it, it around out. the alternative press. Is that cool or what? We have that effect. I don't know, but like when we report something, within six months, it makes news. Yeah, but there they are, still in Whole Foods. Yeah, and I don't mind that. What really irks me is when they take credit for it, though. <laughs> I mean, personally, that bothers me. I mean, you know, I want to get the word out. But heck, give me credit for breaking it if I break it. I mean, really? Yeah. That's, that, I don't know. Do you feel the same way? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, not as strongly. I, I, I don't think as strongly as you do, but still, you know, it's like this is what we do. So I'd, I'd appreciate appreciate you just saying, you know, hey, thanks for you know coming Instead forward. of just stealing the story and saying, look what I did. Look at the story I broke. You yeah. Know? Well, and I, thanks to Natural News, we had to take our future articles offline because <laughs> we were like. Um, we were providing the creativity for their site, weren't we? Yeah, they were like going down them one by one. Yeah, it's incredible. They were one by one. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. We don't really have any future articles anymore. We're sort of just concentrating on our media at the moment. Yeah. Hi, people. Um, we're back from a break. You probably can't tell because of the way we've edited the show, but we just took a break a moment ago. And i got to tell you something about Sarah. And my wife, my wife Andrea, she left uh, some pineapple juice laying out and forgot about it. And apparently that cup was left in that same spot for several days. Well, you see, there's a problem when you're eating organic or drinking organic, organic fruits. Well, if it's really organic and healthy, it goes bad really fast. Really, really fast. And... um Apparently, the pineapple juice that my wife was drinking was some really high-grade stuff because after just a couple of days, it had, like, stuff growing in it with trees and mold and (laughs) everything else. And Sarah wasn't paying attention and picked that cup up and got a nose full of it. So if it sounds like Sarah has been crying, you know why. I I promise I'm not abusing her or anything like that. (laughs) Um, her nose is kind of stopped up right now. You tell me there was an old saying, wasn't there, Sarah? Yeah, yeah. It's it goes like this: eat foods that rot, but eat them before they do. Yeah, that's a good lesson. It's a good way to back up the stuff that we tell people. Like, go to a health food store, buy some organic fruit or something, and then go to your regular grocery store and buy your conventional farm-raised stuff that's got pesticides and fertilizers and everything else. Cut the two fruits up and leave them sitting. Watch what happens. Now, which, which one rots first? We had an apple one time sit out for a week. You remember that? Mm-hmm. We sliced it open. It sat out for a week, and it didn't brown. I kid you not. It did not brown. A good apple should be brown within minutes, like after it's been, well, maybe not minutes, maybe well, at least within 10 yeah, I mean, usually they stop browning like, as you're like, finishing up eating them. I mean, seriously. Yeah, it's it's really fast for a normal apple, but we actually had one sit out for a week, and it came from Whole Foods. 
So what do you want to bet that apple was irradiated in addition to well, who knows what else? Well, it had like this freaky, like rubbery texture to it. Like you could like tap on it mm-hmm. and like kind of bounce back. Which I believe is why you like stopped eating it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Weird. Well, didn't we? Weren't we going to talk about irradiation at some point? Oh, we talked. There was the dog treat you wanted to bring up, wasn't it, Sarah? Yes, I did. Like, I think it's like seventy, seventy-five percent of like all the dog treats now are irradiated. Literally made radioactive. Yes. With radiation. On the back of the pack, there's this little symbol. It's like two leaves with like a sun over it or something. And just underneath that, it says uh, irradiated now. Um, but it's a super tiny little logo. It's and just a little bit of radiation, right, Sarah? Just a tiny bit. I mean, we did we did an article on this like way back when we yeah, were in the I magazine. Yeah, I mean, facetious here. You know? Yeah, and wasn't it like the equivalent of like thirty thousand chest no, X-rays? No, it was twenty thousand chest X-rays. Yeah, is the amount of radiation they use on it. <laughs> no, wait a minute. This was for human food. This wasn't even for animal food. For animal food, they're probably wide open to use thirty, forty thousand, whatever they want to use, mm-hmm. and they seem to think the more the better. It's like you can't make it radioactive enough. You can't bombard it enough. Well, they like to say that, well, it's, I can't remember if it's ionic or non-ionizing radiation. I can't remember. But I do remember them bragging that, you know, it goes away immediately. That doesn't take into account the fact that when you radiate a food, you create special chemicals, chemicals that, like, don't exist anywhere else in nature that are called radiolytic compounds. They are some of the most toxic compounds on Earth. And what happens is, is when radiation hits proteins, it forms these. It also forms benzene-based compounds. Benzene is some of the most poisonous stuff on Earth, too. And it's infused into the food. That's assuming that they're telling the truth that the radiation goes away, and you're just stuck with the poison food. But nope, that's not enough. I mean, that, that's not right either. Mm-hmm. We, we checked it, and food that was tested... Two weeks later, dropped in radiation by only 50%, meaning the food still had enough residual radiation as if it had just been exposed to 10,000 chest x-rays. So you can imagine what it's like for the dog treats and you know cat treats and yeah. other things. Well, you know, they're probably just testing right now. I mean, they try out in the dog food, and if people don't you know, go to something else, then the next move is to move it into human food, mm-hmm. in, in a more active way at least. I mean, you know, it's... I'm sorry, it's just it's just funny hearing you talk through your nose, or without talking through your nose. Thanks. All right, I can't help it. All, All right. right. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, it's already been done in the case of mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. I mean... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wrote about that too. You see, if you look at mayonnaise, and you carefully read through the ingredients, assuming you're brave enough to do that... Um, in addition to the soy and the canola and all the other genetically engineered stuff that's been engineered from the nuclear industry, because, you know, there's nothing like nuclear, the nuclear industry and the food industry. They make such a great partnership. But you notice on the bottle of mayonnaise, it says cold pasteurized. Anybody out there want to guess what cold pasteurization is? That means irradiation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They microwave it, but they do it in such a way that isn't supposed to generate heat. But yet it's still made very radioactive nonetheless. Yeah. And you're putting this into your body. I know why they do it. I mean, they have a reason for doing it. Because, you know, you use eggs in the mayonnaise. And if you were to heat that up, well, you know what happens when you heat eggs up? They solidify, become solid. 
you know, you lose your texture. It just ruin, it would ruin the mayonnaise. You would have these egg chunks floating in it. All right, you don't want that. And it wouldn't mix well. So, you know, they do it with a method that doesn't use any heat at all. Just, yep. just radiation. radiation. Of course, it's not like microwave radiation, which is designed, you know, microwaves are designed specifically to, to heat food up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just while we're on the topic, you run into the same thing. You still get the radiolytic compounds. You still get the benzene compounds. You basically destroy the nutritional value, assuming, you know, you've started with something good in the first place. So microwaves are really bad. But I think we, like, spent a long time on another show going into that topic. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to stay on that. Okay, well, moving on. Mm-hmm. Can you talk, Sarah? I'll be this fine. is very amusing. Just oh, so, I'm, just glad so you know. I'm glad it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a lot of people who are trying to be healthy generally eat seeds, like sunflower seeds especially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead, Sarah. All right. Um, now, when you get them like from a lot of stores, you get them pre-shelled. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is that the oils, like, for instance, sun- sunflower seed oil, are very unstable. Mm-hmm. It's easy to turn them rancid. Mm, now, kind of like pineapple juice in a cup that's been sitting out for two days. Kind of like that. You're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so when you have these pre-shelled, you're actually removing the layer of protection for this oil. See, these, yeah. these oils that are unstable, when they get exposed to heat and when they get exposed to light... Or even air. Oxygen will do it too. Yeah. These they oils turn rancid. rancid. And that means that they go from being... Healthy beneficial Beneficials to, to cancer-causing yeah. carcinogenic. Yeah, a good analogy would be pineapple juice. It's great. It alkalizes your body, gives you nutrients. But if it's been set out for several days and goes rancid, uh-huh. then stuff starts growing in it and becomes very unhealthy. It's like, it's like drinking an antibiotic drink, you know? I didn't drink it, but thank you. Um, okay, or, yeah. or sniffing it. In any case, you know, there's a transition between good and bad. The, the healthiest foods, the healthiest fats, the healthiest oils, tend to be the most dangerous things if allowed to go rancid. Essentially, if they rot. Yeah. You know, because the thing is, is if they're so good for you, they're also so good for the bacteria, and so good for the yeast, so good for the fungus, and the molds. And everything else. Yes. So, don't get your seeds shelled, right? Basically. Yeah, don't get them pre-shelled. Just shell them at the time that you're eating them. Mm-hmm. And they'll be fine. Because there's not enough time for them to really go rancid. Yeah. The same thing is true for Omega, which we've hit on many times before. And another thing that's sad, and this falls yet again under the category of trust no one, is a lot of people are getting conned and the foods that they get when they're trying to be healthy. That's what is really aggravating to us, we find despicable. It's that people like you, people out there that are trying to be healthy, may be getting conned into hurting yourselves. I get angry about it. Yeah. Because the food companies involved know what they're doing. And what I'm talking about specifically here is stuff like flax. You know, Oh yeah. all of you people probably know that flax is good for you, primarily because flax oil which is contained in flax, contains omega. Well, actually, it doesn't contain omega-3. It contains the, essentially, biochemical precursors to omega-3 that allow your body to produce the, exactly the amount it needs, easily. So, flax is a great supplement for omega-3. Yes. And just about everybody knows about it. Most of you listening know about that. The problem is, is 
flax, oil, is in the same category. Once you take flax and grind it up and heat it up and do all this other stuff they do in the food processing to put it in a food, suddenly it becomes very bad. It actually becomes a carcinogen. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see these things in, like, all the way down the cereal aisle. Mm-hmm. I mean, these boxes have the little heart symbol on them. Yeah, and granola bars. Yeah, I mean, big omega-3, good for the heart. It's not good for the heart anymore. It's not. It's not. They've The cereal never was good for the heart. And the, the omega-3 that they add to it through, well, they don't add omega-3. I keep, keep saying that it's actually flex oil. And yeah. flex that they add to it actually makes the cereal or the granola bar or whatever else it's put into harmful. And these billion-dollar companies, they have to know what they're doing. I mean, how could they not know what they've spent billions researching or millions, whatever, researching into, you know, for this nationwide market? You know, I mean, we know it. Well, they know it. They're just taking advantage of those people that don't. That's what's I, I think said. you're exactly right. They, they're taking advantage of people like us. And fortunately, we've known to avoid that stuff, but some of you people might not. No, there's a lot of people out there who know just enough to get themselves hurt now, which is that Omega-3 is conned. good. Yeah. Get themselves conned by these companies. They just know that Omega-3 is good for you, and that's yeah. it. But if you see flax in a food, you need to avoid that food, because whatever oil is left over is rancid, and it will hurt you. And if possible, avoid the company, too. Avoid the company. That's what we do. Like We see something disgusting like that. We just, we never look back. We just stay away from that company. All right, well, what else do we need to say? I mean, really. Yeah, I think we're pretty much there. What are you telling about your dad, Thomas? Um, my dad? Yeah, you know, the doctor doesn't what they did for him with the Omega? Flex. Oh, shoot. Um, I'm not really sure I should. And oh, come on, it's, it's, sure, fun. it's funny, really. I'm sure, sure he'd appreciate it uh, too much. But it's funny, go ahead. You, all right. All right, Sarah. This one's for you. All right. Well, let me tell you about my dad. He's gotten lots of help from the doctors. Lots and lots of help, if you know what I mean. It could easily be said that at this point in time, he's more machine now than man. <laughs> Part of his heart is actually a pig heart. Okay? Literally. Yeah. He also has diabetes from the chemotherapy. There's a, a long litany. I, I don't think he's told me most of it. I think he's at this point in time, embarrassed to tell me. He's got so many diseases, conditions, and artificial body parts. But one thing he was okay with telling me about was that he's taking omega-3 supplementation, you know, because that's alternative, and that's different, and he knew I wouldn't talk crap about that. Of course, he should know by now that uh, that can't be assumed, because I've got good reason to talk crap about it. Well, I checked out what he had, and it wasn't flaxseed oil, which is, of course, the flaxseed oil is the way to go because you know it's pure. You know that it's unrenewable, it's cheap, and it allows your body to get the right amount of omega-3. It produce, Your body produces omega-3 from its own okay. compounds. So the amount that it needs. So that it can create the perfect balance between omega-3, omega-6, and omega-9. You've got what you need. Your body... You've provided your body with the building blocks. But it wasn't. It, it was not flax oil. It was fish oil. Now, we did a little research on this. Now, the fish oil my dad was keeping was refrigerated. 
because the fish oil goes just as bad as the flax oil. Probably a little bit faster. Yeah. And it sure stinks a lot more. I mean, it smells like dead fish. Didn't he like have to freeze it because it's yeah he like... has to like keep it super cold so he can he can stand to take it. Now the bottle is a bottle with a screw on cap, which means every time he uses it, he exposes it to more air, light, and heat. Every time, you know, it's not in these little light, you know, resistant, heat resistant, air resistant capsules like what we buy it in. Yeah. No, it was in a wide open bottle, and it was fish oil. Now, what's great about that is these aren't fish caught out in the ocean. No, no. The pharmaceutical companies get the fish from factory farms in China. Less perfect. It is perfect because when you buy it from factory farms in China and they're raised on this artificial diet and given antibodies all their lives, the fish stop producing omega-3. Okay? So instead, the fish are mostly... Mostly have omega six, and omega six is what causes the inflammation in the body that you're supposedly taking the oil to prevent. Not to mention that it becomes a carcinogen for my dad, who is a quote survivor <laughs> of the system, and it gets better than that. I wish I could stop there. You, you see, in the case of pharmaceutical fish oil, they get it from the fish livers. The one organ in the body that is supposed to store toxins and hold toxins that are so toxic that the body can't safely flush them out. Uh-huh. Which means that my dad's omega supplementation, which is actually an omega-6 supplement because it probably has no omega-3 in it, um, most likely has mercury, aluminum, various other heavy metals, not to forget antibiotics. Yeah. Well, aren't they fed on like, genetically engineered corn? Yes, yes, GE corn. So, you know, there's no telling what else that does to those fish. And yet he was proud to tell me he's taking his omega oil. You know, I didn't know what to say. And here's what's great. We can go buy the good stuff. We can drive over to Whole Foods when we're feeling really brave and buy a bottle of omega for like 10 bucks. But my dad... He's buying it from the pharmaceuticals companies at the follicle pharmacy. Which means he's paying like $600 for his bottle of shoddy omega-3 that is really omega-6 oil with toxic impurities. And you see a problem with that, Thomas? You know, this is one of those... Me and my dad have gone round and round about a lot of things, including health topics. This is one of those cases he told me all about, you know, his pharmaceutical omega i was just speechless i just was like you know this this one this time i'm i'm what's to say <laughs> uh-huh. what do you say to that yeah yeah and he didn't he didn't really want my opinion anyway he was just wanting to show off how you know how how savvy he was ah. you know he was with the times you know because apparently we've made such inroads with omega omega-3 that the medical establishment can't ignore it anymore but this is what they come up with. This is their the equivalent solution. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, Sarah, I do think you need to stop crying, or people are going to start accusing me of abusing you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I appreciate your compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking out for number one. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, 
Alright, moving on. We received an email recently from a family who has a one and a half year old boy who's having night terrors and they asked us for our opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, for those who don't know, night terrors aren't nightmares, though they do occur you know, in the middle of sleep. What they are is when a child, usually a child, wakes up and they're kind of psychotic and screaming and... It's like, it's like a waking nightmare, isn't yeah. it? Uh-huh. And they're often like actually like uh walking, sorry, sleepwalking. Yeah, they're sleepwalking. It's like they're asleep and yet they're partially awake at the same time and they're in terror. You know. Yeah. So night terror is perhaps an appropriate name for this. Yeah. Well, we did some research and there's a lot of well, confusion and misunderstanding, should that's, I say, to be nice uh, about it. Yeah, that's putting it nicely. Yeah, yeah on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. But we saw we looked at the things that actually helped. Things like um, comforting the child before they go to bed, um, sticking to a close routine, playing mm-hmm. music. These are all psychological things, despite the, those who Things are, have to do with structure. Yeah. Bring a structured environment. And we actually ended up making a connection between it and um, early signs of autism and Asperger's syndrome. Mm-hmm. You see, in, in kids who have autism, they are much more easily upset when that something changes, when it's a change of mm-hmm. uh, of time, of, of structure, mm-hmm. of pretty much anything. And so sleeping in the wrong in the wrong room or a different room, things like this are triggers for night terrors. One thing that seems obvious to us now, after doing our research, is something that almost everybody else missed. And that there does seem to be a link between Asperger's syndrome, autism, and night terrors. And that connection is the need for structure. Therefore, night terrors, in many cases, probably are caused by vaccines. It's just yet another... It's another symptom. Side effect. A, a, a side effect. <laughs> yeah. There are some cases when these are actually caused by... A, Psychological. A, a phobia of some kind yeah. that's been triggered. It's like children are born with phobias. I mean, that, that's known. And different people have different phobias. And the problem arises when something triggers a phobia, causes it to become extreme, causes it to go from having a phobia to having post-traumatic stress syndrome. Take, for instance, you could take a child and baptize the child to trigger a fear of drowning. You know, yeah, because a lot of a lot of these baptisms cause the entire child to go underwater. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes, some do, and nobody, well, very few people, have really considered what that might do, how that might trigger that fear, and where they keep reliving it when they're going to sleep, which is you know common with people with post-traumatic stress. Yeah. They relive their terrors in the night. They dream them and relive them. Another thing that could happen is you could a child could be drugged. Yeah, a fall. Which would, you know, trigger that fear of heights, that the child really does fall. For a child, a small fall might seem like a great fall. You know, let's face it, it does. Mm-hmm. Things are melodramatic in the mind of a child. So there, there are many factors that come together here. We were uh, contacted recently about this, as I believe you mentioned. We were contacted both by the grandparents and one of the parents, this uh, situation of a night terror they couldn't explain, we got sort of a typical reaction. You see, whenever we're dealing with parents, it's like they always get defensive. 
Yeah. Because, look, if there's a problem with a child, it's not because the child is bad. It's because the parents screwed up. I mean, let's face it. Children aren't born bad. They're not born diseased. They're not born broken. They're either damaged prior to birth or they're damaged after birth. And, you know, that doesn't make the parents evil or bad. They may just be mistaken. They may just not know what they need to do. Yeah. You know, which is probably much more often than abuse. I'm sure. And by the way, in the case of night terrors, that should also be checked into. That's the first thing you should do. Verify there's no abuse. Always make that the first step. But in the big scheme of things, it's the least likely cause. Getting back to the thing of parents being defensive, that's just sort of a normal, instinctive thing. We see it all the time, so we try not to take it personally. But, but let's face it, if you're a parent and your child has a problem, the responsibility lies with you. I mean, really, I'm just telling you how it is. Sugarcoating doesn't help you or the child. And it's your responsibility to fix it. You bear full responsibility, and it's probably because you vaccinated that child. Apparently, this child wasn't vaccinated, but judging by the reaction we got, we know now, or we feel pretty sure that the child was, that they, like, are in denial about it and trusted that their kids would take care of their grandkid, and... It didn't work out quite like that. It didn't work out quite like that. They were pressured or something, and they gave in, and they've been lying about it, and now the lie has to stop, because either they stop the lying and, and get the kid fixed, or... They deny responsibility, don't get it fixed, and they end up with a child with autism for the rest of his life. Yeah, the child seriously needs a detox. The child needs a detox. And, and as soon as possible, it's very time-sensitive. That's, that's the whole point here. You know, they're sitting on a time bomb. At some point in time, it won't be reversible. Yeah. yeah. So who, they need to move, and I hope they got that from our response. If they're listening, I hope they're taking this to heart. Time is running out. You know, if you have a kid or know a kid with night terrors, you know, maybe some of this information will help. Yeah. Don't cry, Sarah. It's going to be all right. Okay? It's going to be okay. In fact, I may give you the rest of the day off. Okay? Thanks. How about that? This is sweet. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. uh, Moving on. We've seen on the internet recently people who are recommending that dieters use gar gum. Gar gum. Yes, gargum's a, a thickener. It's a thickening agent, or actually it's a gelling agent that we use in our lotion, in fact. Mm-hmm. Works great. It's all natural mm-hmm. and safe like that. But what people are doing is they're taking it so that their stomach turns into, or the, the contents of their stomach, turns into like a big ball of goo. Like jello. Like jello, to avoid them from getting, to, to evade hunger. As like, Just uh, to trick their body into thinking it's full when there's nothing but fluid and gargum in their stomach. Exactly. Back in, I think it was the early 1990s, the FDA actually did something right. They did? Well, you got to tell me about this. Yeah. They banned the use of gargum inside diet aids mm-hmm. because what was happening was people would take this gargum into the stomach and then it would get stuck either in the stomach or in the intestines or even earlier than that and right in the throat. Because it got too thick. It got too hard. Yes. It was goo did. And uh, that was actually fatal in several cases. Mm-hmm. And now it's catching on again. People are buying it. See, it's still sold because 
normally it's in normal uses it's not harmful for instance people use it inside gluten-free breads mm-hmm. so that but they, just a little bit and it's already done its thing long before it's ingested yeah mm-hmm. well we're just going to recommend strongly against that you see it, it's wrong in multiple ways firstly um it, it's dangerous also, you shouldn't be dieting by trying to starve yourself. Mm-hmm. We've already kind of gone over that somewhat. Yeah, dieting through starvation is definitely not the way to go. Exactly. We have a whole big article on, on dieting and detoxing and really losing losing weight the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so really go for that route and avoid using gar gum for mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah, but there, there are sites out there, supposedly health sites, you know, our peers and competitors out there that, that are pushing this stuff. Of course, right beside urine therapy and sun gazing, but <laughs> in any case, they're pushing this stuff. Judging from Sarah's face, the mold is really kicking in, you know. <laughs> uh, you never look better, Sarah. Never look better. Thanks, Thomas. You're welcome, Really Sarah. appreciate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, before you let your, your eyes swell shut, I think we should probably end this show. Are you, are you ready, Sarah, or would you like to keep going? Let's let's just call it a day, actually, okay. I think. Well, we've gone on for an hour and a half. I imagine people have had enough of us by now. We're probably getting there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and tell them about us in case they want to find out more, see our site or whatever. Right. We can be found at healthwise.org. Now, the word wise is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We do that to emphasize wisdom. So look us up at healthwise.org with wise spelt W-Y-Z-E. You can also find out how to contact us through other methods there. Look at our site, check us out, our various reports, some good stuff. And um, Feel free to contact us if you need to. Yeah, we also have other shows there. If you're interested, look for Audio Archive on the right side of the page. You'll find us. The little audio link at the top, it just like tunes in at a random spot in one of our shows, so you never know what you'll tune into. But if you go to the audio archive, you can listen to what everyone listens to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've done some really good shows, so check it out. Definitely. All right, well. I uh, guess this is it. I guess so. Goodbye, everyone. Catch you later. Toodaloo.